Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And there was an awkward pause there, and that's just on There was. Uh, but Did you forget the script? The, a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Do the same that's thing right. every time, but I yeah. just uh, I whiffed yeah. on it. Yeah, it happens to me too. I understand. So we're going to talk about the ASU U of A basketball uh, Twitter conversation that Matt Barry from SportsCenter started and that we continued on our Twitter feed. Uh, We're also going to talk about what it means to win a national title. But before we get into all of that, we're going to talk about gambling. Shocked that the Supreme Court would allow gambling in all establishments. Here we go. A a cultural shift has has probably happened, I guess. And uh, what was, you know, a few days ago, one of those things you had to like wink, wink, whisper about. Now, you know, we can talk about it. It's front and center. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled that states can allow sports betting on a case brought by the state of New Jersey, who will mm-hmm. almost certainly be ready to go the fastest. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of fallout about it. The, a couple interesting points about how the NBA and other sports leagues are trying to get a percent of the action um, right. for all betting, which is – Interesting because the yeah. big stuff that I heard, you know, the stuff everyone bets on, the big stuff they don't really need the sports leagues for. But if you want to do the stupid prop bets, like number of steps uh, LeBron will take, yeah, on you know in the, the in, third the quarter of a game, betting. yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's one of the things that I, you know, Kornheiser has talked about a lot on PTI. Is this story's kind of been on the horizon for a while. And it's one of the things I'd never considered, honestly, but I mean, it makes sense that, you know, now with the, you know, you go to a game and on your cell phone, you could place bets if, you know, uh, you know, Steph Curry is going to make four threes in the third quarter or not. And you can do that in Vegas. If you sign up with casinos, you can bet if you're within the state of Nevada, you can bet on your phone. Right. Um, but now... I'm not sure how it'll go, you know, and the fact that they've punted this issue to the states because there's no yeah. federal national gaming act, you know, will New Jersey allow you to do it out of state and at a New Jersey based casino? And if so, will it still be illegal to place that bet in New York City, even though you're right across the river? Right, right. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of unanswered questions about this. Uh, you know, I know the NFL statement mentioned you know that they still want you know congress to take the lead and kind of have a a federal standard and i I think that would be good um because it you know i just i just picture the the weirdness of you know so if the you know if the suns go on the road and play a road trip on the east coast you know or they go and they play cleveland and they go to indiana are there going to be different rules about what can be bet on depending on which state they're in um it has the potential to be very confusing. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, where that goes and do we get some sort of standard for how this works or, or will it continue to just be kind of up to the individual states? It is a a reach of an analogy, but I, I think that somewhat like the gay marriage process <laughs> before the Supreme Court ruled on it um, is – where we're going to be looking at, which is some states will allow it, some states won't, and then you'll have a question of comedy, and, and it'll have to go yes. either a congressional decision or back to the Supreme Court. Yeah, now, if, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
it, it could lead. I mean, and you you probably have a better, you know, you, I'm certainly do have a better grasp on the legal maneuverings of it. Um, you know, but it, it could lead to, you know, some time where we feel like we're kind of, you know, in the wild west as far as like, you know, you, you know, you're not really sure what you're going to get from one day to the next and one place to the next. I'll say this. I do not think that your common bookie is going to be replaced by this. I, you don't I think, think so. I think States, it's going to take too long for, and yeah. maybe long term, Sure. But you know, for the next three or four years, if you're not in New Jersey, all these other states are going to have to figure out how to That's do it. That's true. What I mean, it won't it be for. immediate. Uh, yeah, but but boy, if I, you know, I mean, you know, does anybody do that for their official job? I suppose not, you know, but uh, we make a lot of money from that. And I mean, you know, it's it's uh, one of those things. It's it's very similar to, you know, drug use. Uh, I mean, Levitard made this point about, you know, comparing it to marijuana legalization that, you know, these things are going on and it's the criminal aspect that is getting the money from it. And well, once you decriminalize it, then that changes, you know, and I think in some ways that's why we've kind of probably seen this is the notion of, hey, it's happening anyway. So, you know, why don't we just allow it? I mean, you know, is, is betting on sports any worse than, you know, going to the, you know, casino here in, you know, Phoenix or Tucson and, and, you know, playing poker? I don't think it is. Um, you know, I, some people might differ on that, but I don't think so. So, you know, let, let's let it happen. And, and, you know, if people get themselves in trouble from betting, that's not up to us to prevent. Like, you know, I mean, there's vices and you got to have some self-control. And if you don't, oh, well, yeah, tough luck, figure you, your own way out of it. You don't have to go in to the right, casino. Right, and right, I, exactly. you know, That being said, I, I, if you have a problem, I recognize that it's a problem and this oh, might make yeah, exactly, it harder. But, but I mean, it's, it's not, you know, I mean, my philosophy, at least, and some people would differ with this, is it's not, you know, the government's responsibility to, you know, to save us from ourselves. Like, you know, if you have a gambling problem or drinking problem or whatever, that's your responsibility to address or handle in the way you see fit. Um, I'm not one that, you know, believes in that notion. So I, I, I like this. I mean, I'm not a big sports better. I've been to Vegas a couple of times. I've bet on some games. Um, it's fun. You know, if it's, if it's available down the street, might I do it more often? A little bit, but probably not a ton. Uh, you know, but I, I like having the option. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with it. I'm curious to see how the licensing for it will go and what it will look like. Will it be, you know, formal? Uh, I assume all the states will make it as formal as they can, but, but the actual yeah. establishments, will they limit it to casinos or will, will it be a license that you can get by the state or the city and it's, you know, at Jack's Blue Ribbon Pub... Can yeah, I, I was gonna say get, like a, can like I a license a, to serve liquor or something. Yeah, yeah but can maybe. they also get a gambling license and there'll be a guy sitting in a cage in the back? Possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it's it's like I said, you know, right away. There's a lot of unanswered questions about it, I guess, and it'll take some time to sort out. I mean, it. You know, I I draw a comparison to something we've talked about a lot, and that's you know the idea of paying college athletes or letting them make money, and you know, it's it's not. It, it would be sort of like this, you know, you, you'd have a, a policy change allowing that or whatever. And then there'd be some time to have to sort it out. Like it's not going to be all figured out in one day and this isn't either. Um, but that's okay. You know, like that, that's the way it is. You know, you're not going to have all the answers right away. 
there'll be mistakes. You know, I'm sure some some states will do things and then people will learn from that. They'll think, well, we're going to do it differently or we're going to change what we're doing. You know, I mean, that's what happens when you do something new. You're not going to have all the kinks worked out right away. But there is a model on how to do this and it exists in Nevada. So we're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, if you want to do it the way Nevada has, I don't see why you can't. And I think that there is a, much like you brought up with the legalization of marijuana, there's both a, a detriment and an incentive to the first mover. You know, the, the faster yes. you go, you become one of the places where this is okay. So sure. people will go there to do it. Um, but you also are the one who has to go through, like they did with that, you know, marijuana is illegal federally. Sure. So the places sure. that sell marijuana can't bank at federal banks. And, right, you know. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I guess to an extent there is a difference here because now this is no longer illegal federally, I guess. You know, basically in one fell swoop, that's how it works. Um, you know, and so it opens the door for things. Um, you know, and again, I, I, I think it's good. I don't plan to take advantage of it a lot. Um, but, you know, like I said, if there's if there's a place, you know, down the street that I could put, you know, 10 bucks on a Spurs game one night when I feel like, you know, they're going to go in there and win by 10 points. I'm sure of it. Why not? You know, and I may win, I may lose. Um, you know, me being the way I am, I'm not going to go crazy. Some people might, but those people probably would have anyway. Because much like, I, you know, again, to compare it, much like paying college athletes, it's already existed. Now we're just kind of taking the top off. I, I mean, it's it's not like people haven't been able to bet on sports before. They just had to do it under the table. Uh, it makes you wonder, or makes me wonder, what what implications will it have for Vegas? And, I wondered that too. And, and, and what implications will it have for March Madness? Because I, and I view those as yeah. sort of related questions. Because sure. overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, my trips to Vegas have been tied into March trips. Yeah. Pac-12 yeah. tournament, opening weekend, second weekend right. of the NCAA tournament. Right. You know, Pac-12 tournament, the draw, because I'm a Pac-12 fan, is still there. But, sure. you know, flying to Vegas to bet on March Madness, if I can go to the Potawatomi downtown Milwaukee yeah. casino, do do I care anymore? If I, I mean, you, you have know? to think that it's going to take some hit. Is that I don't know how much of a of a measure it will maybe it won't be that noticeable you know i mean a lot of people go to vegas and they don't care about sports they go for the shows they go for the concerts they go for you know now the hockey team uh, you know i mean there's things that you know they go for the other gambling which they could probably do closer to home but they go to vegas because it's vegas so maybe it won't make that much of a dent but yeah i mean you know for me again i've not done it much but you know when after the, the spring after i turned 21 my dad and I went to Vegas for the first round of the tournament because it was like, you know, oh, now I could bet on a game. I could go up to the window and actually place bet. Well, we won't have to do that, you know, and, and not that we do it every year. We, we haven't been back since. But, you know, now, if, if you know, maybe, maybe maybe not by next March, but maybe if it's, you know, set up in Arizona, maybe we can just go somewhere, you know, in Tempe and go watch the games on, you know, 16 different big screens and plays bets. And I mean, what's the difference? So yeah, I got to think there's going to be some hit. I, I can't imagine there won't be. Yeah. And I think part of this to me is how are we going to start defining it? Because if it's only sports betting, 
So you think about the whole massive operation of a casino. If it's only the sports book, could you realistically do that in a, in a, in a space for a restaurant or, you know, I think like in Tempe, could there be a Matt sports book on Mill Avenue? (laughs) Probably. I mean, I would think so. You know, you go to, you go to these big casinos in Vegas and, the sports book, you know, some of them have gigantic sports books, you know, uh, the uh, palatial. Some don't, you, you know. So I mean, like you know, the biggest casinos, I'm sure all do. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some some have basically what's the equivalent of, you know, the space of, of someone's living room with a few couches and a few chairs, and you know, smoke fills the air, and there's a few TVs, and they're tuned to you know horse racing and dog racing and a few games to basketball and, and there you go you know so yeah i don't see why not i mean you know you it feels like you could again replicate what's already there yeah i mean i feel like like where corleone's was on mill yeah, yeah and this is the epitome of old timer talk because whenever yes. you talk about where someplace used to be <laughs> that, that's you're old yeah but yeah we are as we've discussed recently but I, if you put something like that where you could just have a sportsbook window, even yeah. just a window that people come up to or two windows, yeah. on game day, I bet you get a ton of bets on that. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, really the, the concept of being able to bet in game, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot lately. Well, not you and I, but, you know, a big topic in sports the last few years is how to get people to come to the games. You know, it's so good to watch games on TV now. The experience is so good, football especially, that it's like, you know, how do you get people to the games? Well, maybe this is a way. You know, you allow in-stadium betting. You know, it's it's sort of the same thing about, you know, fantasy is a big reason that people are into football. So is, so is betting, you know, and now it can be more out in the open. You allow, you know, prop bets on, hey, I, you know, I'm sitting up in section 402 and I think uh, David Johnson's going to score a touchdown here in the third quarter and I can bet on it. You know, maybe that's a good thing for the NFL as far as getting people in the seats. Well, and that leads to another interesting question. What about the leagues? Will will there be the I mean, I'm sure there'll be the official gambling app of the league. Yeah, I would think so. But will there be the will the league have its own gambling? Like I and, and, I don't know. and the the difference I think I'm trying to make is Instead of having FanDuel, having, sure. you know, NFL gamble. Yeah. And, yeah. and the whole no, app mean, is run by the league, and you're betting with the league, and the league yeah. setting all I the mean, lines. I would think so. You know? Which, of course, then raises the question as we talk about this there's going to have to be a, a, you know, an arm, and there probably already is, but that arm has to become more, uh, you know, extensive to make sure that the players aren't betting on things themselves. You know, to make sure that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, if, if there's a prop bet out there that David Johnson's going to run for 122 yards, that he doesn't realize, oh man, I'm at 119. I got to bet against myself here. I'm going to make sure I don't get any yards. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the concern with this. And has it always been there? It has. I mean, look, those things have always existed. The potential for guys to throw games or make sure you don't win by a certain amount, obviously. ASU basketball was touched by that about 25 years ago now. Um, you know, but now that it's out in the open, you know, the, the opportunities there more. And, and again, if you do have these sort of in-game prop bet situations all the time, 
you know, that's gonna that's gonna increase the workload for every team's security department. Very likely that they they're gonna have to keep a better eye on what these guys are doing and make sure they're not, you know, affecting their own bet in a you know Pete Rose esque sort of fashion, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the big fear is, you know, John Smith's best friend tells him, "Hey, there's a prop bet about you that right. you you will score a touchdown." is plus 400 you won't score a touchdown is minus 110 yeah okay well let's put a hundred thousand dollars on me not scoring yeah. <laughs> and make sure you don't score one yeah 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 you know i mean yeah you know it is so you know it, it will be interesting i mean there are as always with a change like this there are going to be unintended consequences we see that all the time you know whether it's it's um expanding a tournament or expanding a season or, or whatever. There's something, you know, the, the age limit, the NBA. I don't think people realized, you know, where things would go exactly. You say, well, you know, we're going to have guys go, go go to school for at least a year. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, it's had unintended consequences of guys that are, you know, leaving after one year that you think, what are they doing? But they're, they're trying to start the cock on that contract for the next time around. Those yeah. things weren't thought about when you first did it. So, you know, there's going to be things out of this that, that, you know, we think, boy, I didn't see that aspect coming. But overall, I think it's a good thing. I'm not I'm not opposed to it by any means. And it, it feels like that's the general cultural attitude. I'm not I'm not sensing a lot of outrage about this. But there is outrage on if you would have bet, will UCF win a national title <laughs> and they go undefeated that's and right. they declare right. themselves national champions. Which is a great point, I mean, because you probably could have gotten a bet on them, or at least on the field, and, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I suppose, you know, Vegas is pretty good at, at, you know, the caveats, and I'm sure they're pretty pretty good at, you know, on those... Oh, I'm sure they'll say there. college football it's, playoff as, national yeah, champion. you know, needs to be voted number one in the official AP or coaches poll at the end of the year, something like that. Um, you know, they, they have pretty good... But yeah, I'm sure, if, you know, if you did bet the field, or if you were able to bet UCF at the start of the year... Probably thinking, hey, wait a minute. They say they're national champions. How come I didn't win? They got rings. They do. They do. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I have some, but what are yours? They are not the champion. Now, no, they're not. That, no, not. That I don't think is the controversial point. The question is should they be allowed to market themselves this way? And I, I'm hesitant, but I'll, I think yes. I think they should be able, you know, yeah. to to sell undefeated, you know, twenty third, you know, the same thing oh, Auburn did. Without a you doubt, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's no problem with that. They were undefeated. They did win the Peach Bowl. Um, you know, I I think they've sort of uh, gone a little overboard with it. I guess. I mean, it felt like one of those things that they had. You know, like kind of when you make it when you make a joke and people laugh and think. Yeah, I'm going to keep making that joke, sort of Shooter McGavin-esque. Like, you mm-hmm. know, by now it's like, all right, we've heard it. You know, move on. I, we, people were behind you in January, and now they're kind of like, all right, stop. You didn't win the national title, move on. Um, I'm kind of of that mindset. Like, in January, it was like, yeah, good good for them. You know, you, you go and show the world that you should be, you know, given the chance to win a national title. But the fact is, they didn't. You know, I mean, you can have problems with the system if you want. And I, I think there are some problems with the system as far as giving teams like that a chance. But that's the system everybody agreed on. So deal with it. Yeah. 
I, I think it's fine if they want to use it for marketing, and I, I'm sure that it generates buzz among their fan base, and that gets people excited for the season. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I think that's all well and good. I, I hope that we all, including UCF, recognizes this is all fun. You know, it is. It's, it is. And that, I mean, and I think that, you know, I sent you the reason this this is you know we're talking about this. I sent you what. Scott Frost said today in, in response to what Nick Saban said, who had to make a deal of it, because um, that's what he does. Uh, you know, and, and Scott Frost, even a couple weeks ago, said, look, you know, we didn't win the national title. You know, and I'm very proud of what we accomplished, but we weren't that, you know, Scott Frost, just, just a little pushback, little, you know, uh, inside pitch there at Nick Saban of, hey, you know, be careful what you say, because you got to apply that to everything. Alabama likes to tout their number of national titles on their on their, you know, logo every year, the number changes if they want a title, and that's the number they use. Well, you know, not all their titles are uh, unanimously recognized either. So, you know, let's just let's just be careful what we're talking about. Yeah, and, and I think that everybody's kind of right here. Like, they're not the national champion. No, they're but not. Alabama's not the arbiter of being no, they're not. national champion. I mean, I think Nick Saban thinks he's the arbiter of everything. Um, you know, so that's that's how it goes. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I agree. The PTI guys both said it yesterday. Like, this is just, this is one of those questions that Saban should have just said, no comment. Or just said, you know, good, you know, congrats to them. They had a great season. Move on. Like, you don't, you don't have to be, that's the term they use and I'm stealing it. He's Alabama. Stop! Like you know, you, you don't have to make a statement on what they what they're doing. Like just, just be secure in the fact that you're the Alabama coach. You won the national title. You've got a lot of them. Just move on. But he can't. He can't do that. He's he's you know he's got a beef with somebody all the time. He he is a habitual bait taker. He is. He is. Yes. Yes. And he's he's uh you know I mean it's the same stuff that goes on every year with the media. You know we see these. He's back and forth where he gets worked up about something like just just stop like it doesn't you don't need to take on this battle. Um, but I appreciated that that Scott Frost, you know, stood up for his guys a little bit and said, hey, you know, OK, then if that's what we're going to do and you better change that number of your own national championships. I mean, you know, I know you like Saban. I, I get it. But Saban's a known hypocrite. I mean, you know, a couple years ago, it was you got to win your conference to have a chance at the playoffs. Then this past year, it's well, we're one of the best four teams in the country. We had a chance to play off. What? Like you, you, you know, you shouldn't be able to have it both ways. And he thinks you can, apparently. Well, sure. Because I mean, and this is the same thing. You know, I'm sure uh, that you know. Now, look, they aren't his titles, but uh, I'm sure if you know someone said, "Well, then you guys going to get back your 1941 title?" No, I'm sure not. You know, he'll have some reason. But you know, in 20, what was it, 2015? You know, as well, we won the SEC, we deserve a chance. Those are the only people you should win your conference to deserve a chance. And in 2017, I guess that standard changed because they didn't win the conference. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's not speaking self-interestedly. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> he is. And this is this is a prime example of that. I mean, uh, you know, like his, his LSU team won a title that, you know, have to – you know, the one one voting body didn't give him that title. But I bet he doesn't consider himself half national champions. I bet he thinks that they won the national title. But the AP didn't vote for him. They voted for USA in 2003. 
And then the rule changed. Yes, it did. Well, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now they put it in the playoffs and all that. But yeah, I mean, you know, this team won a disputed national title. You want to use that term? Um, but I bet you he's not willing to give that back and say, yeah, you know what? We proclaimed ourselves national champions because we won that BCS game. But, man, you know, USC didn't get a chance to play for it. I don't know. I, I hope, what I hope happens is that the, the real outcome of what UCF did is that the next UCF will get a shot. Yeah, yeah, whoever I mean, that may be, if if they, it's hard, and 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 no one will schedule them. They'll have to be given the shot. They won't. They at, won't and they're going to have to be good year after year after year. I mean, we almost saw it with Boise with the BCS. They had a chance, and I believe it was 2010. They, you know, I think they played Vodtech to open the year. They had been really good. They were undefeated the year before, um, and and they lost late to Nevada when Nevada had Kaepernick. And, and you know, if they they might have gotten in that year and they you know they didn't win the game that they had to um but it's going to have to be a team like that because you know ucf was unranked at the start of the year team is not going from unranked in a small conference to the top four in the country i don't care how good they are yeah well and they're not going to get the chance to prove it because it's not like their non-conference schedule is going to be no you know texas alabama and michigan State. exactly no (laughs) of course not yeah i mean they might get one game against the big boys maybe uh, and you, you know, better win. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to win. Yeah, you got no margin for error. You can't, you can't lose in November or October or September. I mean, you, you know, the four teams that were in the playoff, every one of them had a loss last year. Every one of the national champions so far in this system has, has lost a game. But, you know, yeah, they don't have that margin for error. You got to win them all, and you got to win them all impressively, and you got to start the season with enough hype that you're in the top, you know, 15 probably to begin the year. So it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, the only way I can see it happening that they really get a chance is expanding the playoff, which, you know, I'm not necessarily in favor of. But I mean, it, you know, who would you put as good as UCF was last year? Who would you put them? Who would you have put in them ahead of? I mean, you would have had Georgia to dump out one of the two SEC teams. Yeah. I mean, I guess Alabama, probably Georgia won the SEC. Um, Oklahoma won the Big 12. Clemson won the ACC. They all, you know, had very impressive wins on the way to those conference titles. So you're not putting them in ahead of them. I guess it's Alabama. But realistically, I mean, as good as UCF was, were they better than Alabama? Were they better than Ohio State, USC? Probably not. I mean, they might have been able to beat them in a game. That doesn't mean they were better in the big picture. Yeah. But under our system, if they would have been good enough to beat them in two, they would have been national champions. They would have. They would have. And, and, you know, I mean – uh, you know, would I be, I've said, I think we've talked about this, you know, uh, I'm open to the idea of expanding the playoff. If you kind of maybe give an auto bid to somebody like that and you give home field, uh, to me, you've got to, home field has got to be part of it for the first round or else I don't see the need for it. If you want to go to eight, you want to give the top four teams home field for the first round. I'd like that because that rewards the better teams. Yeah. And it lets you sell more tickets. It does. It does. It does. I mean, it, it's, it's you know, hey, if you want to model it after the NFL, the NFL gives home field all the way up to the Super Bowl, obviously. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be opposed. I know they got the bowl system, and that's important, and, you know, not seeing that change. But, you know, we don't we don't need three neutral site games. That's, that's too many. 
you're asking fans to do too much traveling. You're going to end up like the NCAA tournament where the, you know, where the first game has 20,000 empty seats. I think something that I, it just occurred to me and I'm, and it's never really crossed my mind, but is the pushback on going to eight from the next tier of bowls? Probably. You know, because if if we go with your, your setup where the, first round yeah. is home games home games so now you know let's call it the peach bowl sure has to take the other four bowls yeah has are to getting teams you know 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that's you're probably right i mean you know it it, uh, it waters down those games you don't get a usc ohio state cotton bowl because they both would have probably been in the playoffs uh, Ohio State certainly would have been, and the USC probably would have been as the Pac-12 champ. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, those those games, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we got Florida State and Michigan in the Orange Bowl. It's a great game. That wouldn't have happened because, you know, USC, Penn State two years ago in the Rose Bowl, they would have both been in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm just not sure it's needed. As much as I'd like to see a team like UCF get a chance, I, I don't know. I mean, uh you know, I feel like so far we've done a pretty good job with four. I don't think anybody's been left out that's been tragically wronged. Uh, you know, you gotta you got to have a cutoff point. If you go to eight, you're going to have arguments over seven, eight, nine, ten. That's just how it is. And that's, that's okay. You know, if you go to 16, you'll have arguments about 15 through 18. Uh, you know, so you're never going to please everybody. So I, I just I kind of think four is enough at the time. Yeah, I I hear you. Um, now would be a good time for us to point out that the Browns are the HBO Hard Knocks team. I saw. And we all can get some Baker Mayfield. I, I'm going to say right now that within the first half of the first episode, there's a reference to Katy Perry. Probably. Probably. Uh, I, I mean, we're on the same page about Baker Mayfield, I think, which is kind of nice because, like, for example, a person, another person I hate that we just talked about, we're not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I like that we're in agreement on him at this point. Uh, and when I read that they were, I mean, I'll probably watch it because it's a decent show uh, and they always, you know, focus on some things that you wouldn't expect. You know, maybe our boy Zane Gonzalez gets a, gets a storyline around him or something like that. That'd be kind of cool, but... Yeah, seeing it's him and knowing he's going to be a big part of it, it's like, I'm not sure I'm into this one. I mean, I think you're going to get a Packers Demarius Randall part of it. You might. You and might. and yeah. you might get a Zane Gonzalez part of it. And those two things may well be enough for me to be like, okay. I'm yeah, gonna... I mean, you know, it's a good show. They always do a good job with it, you know, regardless of the team. And, um, you know, with my renewed love affair with football in the last couple of years. I'll, I'll watch it. Um, but, you know, it doesn't excite me that much. So now we're going to get to the main course. The, this conversation was all the appetizer. Yes. So Matt Berry, the Sports Center anchor, tweeted about sitting next to a table of U of A and ASU fans, and he's an ASU alum. Right. And, and they had a conversation about which – school had the better football players in the NFL, had the better football players in college, basketball players in the NFL, basketball players in college. I think it would be just bananas level insanity 
to try to argue that ASU had the better basketball players in college. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not – if we're talking volume, it's not even a discussion. I mean, you know, and that's the result of Arizona having a really, really good program for about 20 to 25 years under Lute Olson. And most of those years, ASU wasn't very good. They had, a, you know, a few blips, but that's about it. So, yeah, I mean, if you're comparing totals, it isn't close. Yeah, well, and I even think in college, if you're talking about best college players, yeah, you know, I they mean, had guys Sean who were was national, national player of the year, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe they've had another. I don't know. Uh, was Bibby? Uh, I don't think Bibby won won a player no, of the but, year. But um, what's the guy who went number two to the T Wolves and Miles? Oh, Simon? Uh, Derek Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, I think he did win a player of the year, maybe. Um, I'm pretty sure Elliot won the Wooden Award back in the day, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you know, again, that goes hand in hand with their team success, you know. When you when you won a national title, when you got to some Final Fours, you know, ASU didn't have that level of success, so it's hard. I mean, even though James Harden, Ike Diagu were Conference Player of the Years, they didn't get past the first weekend of the tournament, so it's hard to say, you know, well, they had a better college career than anybody in Arizona. No, they didn't. But when you shift to the pro game, it's hard to argue that anyone at U of A is ahead of James Harding. I agree. I mean, and I think it's been hard, and I think this year only makes it more. He's, he's very likely going to win the MVP in about a month's time when that becomes official. And no Arizona guy's ever won an MVP. So right there, you kind of have a you know end-of-discussion sort of point. Um I mean, you know, has an Arizona guy ever won a scoring title? I don't think so. Uh, you know, has, has any of the Arizona players been first-team All-NBA? I'm but, not sure. I, but I, don't I believe know. Steve Kerr won a three-point shootout title. He did win a three-point contest. He did. And they have won, uh, uh, you know, a fair amount of NBA titles. Yeah. Steve Kerr has five rings. Sean Elliott has two. Iguodala's er, got two. Yeah, Elliott. Does Elliott have two? Maybe only one. Nope, Elliott has two. I looked this up today. Or, no, he has one, but two All Stars. I think he just has one. Yeah, okay. and Iguodala is the He wasn't on the 03 Spurs. Yeah, Iguodala's got two. Channing Fry won one. Jefferson won one with the Cavs. The Jason Jets. Terry, I believe, was on the Mavs team that won. Right. Yep. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean they've they've got you know more, but again, that comes down to sheer numbers. I mean, you know, they've produced probably what about you know two dozen pretty good NBA players over the last you know couple decades. Well, and with uh, long NBA careers, you right, know, right. I I was struggling. I was struggling with my ASU list. So, I mean, there's not a lot. So I know, got it's, here's it's, what I've got: Harden, six-time All Star, two-time yeah. MVP runner-up and counting. Fat Probably Lever, MVP winner this year. Yeah, Fat Lever, two-time All Star. Yeah, and then Byron Scott's got three Byron rings. Yeah, Eddie House has a ring. Yeah, true. And, and true. Jeff Ayers Pendergraft. Yes, he does have a championship ring. Made the final shot in the last game of the 2014 NBA Finals. Want that noted? Yeah, it was not a game winner, as the game was already. It was not, but that that doesn't matter. I just said he made the final shot, and they won the championship in that game. So that Steve Kerr, 1997, to me, they're pretty much the same. They're a wash. Sorry to say it, but I mean, after those five. You know, Diagu, not great. Mario you know, Bennett, Diago's not NBA great. Career was, yeah. Alton Lister had a decent NBA career, didn't he? I don't know if he ever made any all-star teams. Um, 
but uh, you know, was a, was a journeyman player at least. Um, Diago's career, nah. I mean, it got off to a good start, but then he got injured, and he just never really bounced back from that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 James Harden, and then a pretty steep drop off, and not much in the way of the second tier. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing about this because, and we I think we've talked about this or touched on it before. It's like you know, Arizona has produced so many good players, but have they produced a great NBA player? I mean, is there is there any of those guys that you would say is a Hall of Famer? I don't, I don't think so. At this point, now, Kerr could get there still, as a coach. He could get there as a coach. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, and Kerr has had an incredible career. I mean, to win five titles as a player, two with maybe more coming as a coach. Um, I mean, you know, for a guy who was who was a basketball afterthought going into college. An incredible career to play as long as he did in the NBA, have the success he did. Uh, I mentioned to you in text that, you know, the farewell moment in game six, 2003 against Dallas when he came off the bench and couldn't miss for a guy who barely played all year. All of a sudden, he was back to be a vintage Steve Kerr nailing threes, and they came back and won that game from a big deficit, went on to win the title. Uh, so, all the way to the end of his career, he played a significant role, even though it wasn't maybe all star. Um, you know, they don't win that game without him and then they have to go to game seven and who knows what happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, the U of A's had guys with long careers, Channing Fry, sure. the Jets sure. been playing for, you know, Forever. 20 years. God almighty. Yeah. He's <laughs> close to 20 years. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah. he was uh, Bibby's, I believe he was Mike Bibby's backup on the national title t- team. On the title team. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was. Um, and, and I think, you know, got drafted in 99 or 2000. So yeah, I mean, he's going on close to 20 years now. Uh, you know, Iguodala was drafted in 04. So he's been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, Channing Fry. Jefferson was drafted, what, 01, right? You yeah. know, so yeah, I mean, these guys are still playing. Now, Jefferson might be done now, but he played this past year. Um, mm. Yeah, Channing Fry's, what, 13 years now in the league because he was 05. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and I mean, then they yeah. had guys, I mean, another guy, Luke Walton, you know, yes. played on a lot who, uh, of good teams. Won a couple titles with the Lakers, didn't he? Yeah. The, the second run there with Kobe, he was on those teams. Um, and obviously, you know, is now a head coach in the league too. So, yeah, I mean, if you, it's it's one of those debates. It's uh, you know, like, would you rather have the volume? They've got the volume, no doubt. I mean, you can list ten, fifteen, twenty guys who played in the NBA. You know, Mike Bibby, not a super long career, but a pretty darn good career. You know, he was an All Star. Um, probably could have won a title with the Sacramento Kings in '02. They, you know, conspiracy theories abound about. You know, if they got screwed in the conference finals, but they were good enough to win a title that year, probably. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had a really nice, good career, number well, two overall pick, I think. So, and they had guys yeah. who were, you know, more firework than long blasting. But you know, Gilbert Arenas, there there was right? a time when Gilbert Arenas was the talk of the league, was an all star, and and you know what, Gilbert Arenas probably was a first team All NBA guy. He might have been, I mean, you know, in the, in the heyday of the Wizards, I bet he was a first-team All-NBA, maybe second-team at worst. I forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, he, he burned out quick because of his, you know, nuttiness and his injuries and all that. But, yeah, I mean, for a period of time, he was as good as anybody, at least offensively, in the NBA. Maybe not all around, but, you know, he, he probably had a couple of, you know, 28, 29 points a game type of seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, contemporary... Of Iguodala at U of A, I believe. Yes, they were, I think. Yeah. Well, 
Where are they? I'm trying to remember. So Iguodala. Now, I think Arenas was with um, Jefferson, wasn't he? They were on the team that lost to Duke in the final. Oh, yeah. His rookie year it was, was, it was uh, his rookie year was 0102. 01, yeah. So, because oh, the 01 team was, um, God, I'm trying to remember. It was Lauren Woods, the Wake Forest transfer. Uh, mm-hmm. Jefferson Arenas. Was it Jason Gardner? Was he the point guard on that team? That sounds right. I think he was, yeah. And then um, Michael Wright was the uh, other forward, I think. And he, because they, four of them left after that year. I think Wright, Woods, Arenas, and Jefferson all left. Woods was a senior, but I think yeah. the other guys left early. Well, Gardner stayed the full four. Gardner did stay. I think Gardner entered the draft and then came back, from yeah. what I remember. And um, ended up staying his entire career. Arenas, three-time All-Star. Two, 2002-03 most improved player. Okay. Was he ever first team All-NBA, does it say? Th- third team twice, second team once. Okay, okay. So there. So my question still remains. Have any? Uh, maybe not. I, I mean, I can't think of anybody. I don't think Sean Elliott was ever first team All-NBA. He was a really good player, but I don't think he was. I mean, he was never the best player on his team. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I don't, I don't know. I I can't think of anybody. I can't either. Yeah. So I mean, it is that debate over you know volume versus superstar. James Harden has reached heights that realistically, I mean, not championship, but you know, individual level heights that no Arizona player has to this point. Doesn't mean they won't. Maybe DeAndre Ayton will be that guy. Maybe there's a you know another guy. I, although honestly, I don't know. I mean, they, they haven't had a lot of guys come out the last few years, have they? Am I forgetting anybody like? That's like really good in the league. That's a young player right now. Aaron Gordon is my brother's yeah. nomination. Yeah, I mean, he plays for the Magic. You almost forget they exist. Yeah. That's not his fault. But I, I don't know much about his NBA career because Orlando is forgotten since Dwight Howard left. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the the guys who. So here are the 2000 2001 season forward All NBA. Okay. Duncan Weber, Shaq. Iverson, McGrady, Kobe, Garnett, Kidd, Dirk, Nash, LeBron, Amari Stoudemire. Wow. Forget about him, yeah. Chris Paul, Dwight, Wade, Durant, and then Derek Rose briefly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Noah once. Wow. Yeah. But Harden made it in fourteen fifteen. Curry, Anthony Davis, Mark Gasol, Kawhi, DeAndre Jordan, Westbrook. Harden made it again last year too, didn't he? Yeah, I'm just re. I'm so, I'm not go. I'm skipping got, guys yeah, on repeats. Yeah, first time. Yeah, I got you. Um, so Harden's Harden's two already, and probably a third this year, I assume. Yeah, fourteen fifteen and sixteen seventeen. Um, I mean, three times All NBA is is pretty heady company. I mean, it's not it's not LeBron or you know or Jordan or somebody like that. Yeah, but but I mean, it, it, I bet you, I bet you, there's not. 75 guys who've, who've gotten three All-NBA first teams all time. Maybe less than that. I don't know how long they've been doing All-NBA, to be honest. Like, I don't know how, how far back that goes. If that goes back to the 
Will Chamberlain Russell days, or if that's a relatively newer thing. I don't know. It goes back a ways. Does it? Okay. Um, the most all time. Kareem. Three guys are tied with it. Kareem is one. Jordan. No. No, not Jordan. Um, Jordan had 11. Kareem's got how many? Kareem has 15. One is a guy who you would know. This is total, not just first team. First, second, or third. Okay, okay. They're all guys, they're all contemporaries of your fandom. One is extremely so. Tim Duncan is one of them. Okay, okay. And the last one is... It's not LeBron yet, is it? No, LeBron... It's got to be close. LeBron has 13. Okay, and probably 14 this year, I assume. Yeah. Um, Carmelo. Carmelo is 14. He's tied with Shaq. Uh-huh. They're in they're in the second position. Recently Kobe. retired, it's Kobe. Is it Kobe? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and that's all all teams, not just first team. Yeah, that is all okay. teams. Okay. We can flip so, yeah. it and give you first team. Yeah. There let's, are let's got the most first teams. There are 3 guys with 11 first teams. I'm going to say Kareem again. Kareem only had 10. Really? There's only one okay. repeat from the last list. Kobe. Correct. Okay. Yeah, because Duncan didn't have first team all. I mean, Duncan probably had, I'm guessing, five or six first teams, maybe. Maybe ten. more than that. He had ten. Ten? Really? Wow. Okay. Man, that's more than I thought. Um, Kobe had 11. They're, they're, these are people we've talked Wilt about. Wilt Chamberlain? No. These are all people who you mentioned before. Wilt had seven. Okay. Uh, Jordan? Nope. Jordan had 10. There's a group tied with 10. Hmm. There's two more with 11. Yep. You've named both of them. I have. Yeah. Hmm. Well, now I'm blanking on who I named. Carl Malone? Carl Malone. And then the last okay. one is the guy who's still going who may well have 12. Oh, LeBron. Yep. So he should. He should, yeah. he should take the number. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, if he is, if he gets to twelve, he'll be all alone with twelve first team. It's weird, don't we? St- I mean, because we still think of LeBron as being like mid career, mm-hmm. and he's really probably. I mean, like he might be, but probably not. Like, he's had, I mean, if he never plays again after this year, he's had one of the top five or ten careers of all time, right? Possibly, yeah, second or third. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, four I mean, MVPs, eleven-time yeah. first team All NBA. Three finals MVPs. I mean, what, eight finals trips? Like, that's it's pretty impressive. He's a three-time NBA champion, three-time finals MVP, four-time MVP, 14-time All-Star, three-time All-Star game MVP, 11-time first-team All-NBA, two-time second-team All-NBA, five-times All-Defense. That's insane, isn't it? Five-times I mean, first-team like- All-Defense, one-time second-team. He was the rookie yeah. of the year. He was a scoring champion. Yeah, he was yeah. the AP I mean, Athlete of the Year twice, Sports Person of the Year twice, yeah. Male Basketball Athlete of the Year twice. Two gold medals, right? In, in 08 and 12, I think he was on both of those teams. Yeah. Gold medals in 08 and 12. Yeah, yeah. Going I back, mean, Naismith Prep Player of the Year, McDonald's yeah. All-American Game MVP, three-time Mr. Ohio Basketball, two-time Mr. Basketball USA. It's a pretty good resume. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, he keeps playing at this level. He could be the all-time leading scorer. And, you know, he's, it's within range. Yeah. I mean, 
it's it's hard to think of the things he hasn't accomplished. I know, I know, and yet it still almost feels like for some people he'll never be able to prove himself. And maybe that's a smaller but vocal minority. I, I, I tend to think it is nowadays. I think, you know, for a lot of people, they've come to realize, like, this guy's great, but we just still have a vocal group that, like, just won't let him take his place. Yeah. He... But anyway, we've gotten far afield, I, I realize, but... Yeah. But that's what we but do. It's summer. Exactly. We journey. Exactly. That's right. Um, but going back, from a basketball perspective, it's at least an interesting debate. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, and, and I don't. I don't want to let this conversation get by without a mention of Sean Elliott's moment in Memorial Day, nineteen ninety nine. I told you I would. One of the greatest shots I've ever seen. The you know heels up over the out of bounds line fadeaway three that he made to beat the Blazers in a game that the Blazers were up big the entire way and the Spurs came back and won. Ended up sweeping. Went on to win the finals in five and. A dynasty was born, and you know, while Duncan and Robinson get a lot of the credit, and appropriately so, Sean Elliott's shot was was a huge moment for that, the beginning of that run. I mean, yeah, that your love of the Spurs, I think, and I think your, dare I say, your pre high school. Pre two thousand feelings towards the U of A, certainly pre national title feelings, yes, um, are different than than how you view the guys well, after. The- I've always said Elliot and Kerr. I didn't. I don't remember them playing at the U of A. I mean, they were associated with the U of A, but they were out of. I mean, wasn't Kerr done in eighty eight and Elliot was done in eighty nine? I think. So I don't remember those tapes. I mean, I was, you know, I was, I wasn't four years old by the time Elliot got drafted. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it was easier for me to not, yes, they were associated with Arizona, but, you know, the guys that I really took the strongest dislike to at Arizona were the guys that I watched play at Arizona. And especially back in the day when guys normally stayed for three or four years. So you you grew to know them and you grew to hate them or love them. Now that doesn't happen. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, you know, yeah, he went to Arizona, but he's there gone. Like, if he goes on to be great in the NBA, it probably won't really bother me all that much because, like, yeah, okay, he was in Arizona for a year and then he left. Yeah. So it's different. I mean, those guys like Channing Fry, for example, he was there for four years. And so you, you know, as somebody who hated Arizona, that hatred took took hold and it, it grew. Um and, uh, you know, now the other thing is, nowadays, I don't watch a lot of Arizona basketball. I watch them play ASU, and that's about it. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know them as well. I couldn't have told you more than maybe three or four guys on their team last year uh, before the tournament started. Um, I just don't pay attention to them as much. But, yeah, I mean, those guys, you know, Kerr, and, and you know, for me, I mean, I told you this. I went to Steve Kerr's basketball camp. He was always a great guy. He was there every year. He, you know, he took pictures. He knew the kids' names. He signed autographs. I mean, he was a great guy. So, you know, he went to the U of A, and that's a shame. But, you know, I always liked Steve Kerr. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. And in the interviews, yeah. I, I personally agree with his politics, and that helps yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he uh, 
I've always, always liked, no, I'm not a Warriors fan. It's, it's hard because his success means the Warriors have success. Um, but, you know, I do. It is the one thing that when the Warriors win, I think, hey, you know, I'm happy for Steve Kerr. I've always liked him. He was always a, a good guy. I saw him when he, you know, when I was going to school up here, when we were here, and he was the Suns GM. You know, I saw him and he remembered me from his basketball camp. And, you know, I mean, and, and hundreds of kids at that camp. It's not like I stood out, but, you know, he took time to actually – care about you if you were there and, and remembered you years later yeah he seems like an all-around good guy yeah yeah i think so you know he was funny on tv when he was you know when he used to do that job he was always good so i'm a i'm a big kerr fan and yes i mean elliot and kerr both played significant roles in the first two spurs titles so they're they're good in my book forever yeah um so Talk to me about the NFL side of this argument. Or do we need to save that? Because that could go a ways. What do you think? <laughs> well, it's up to you. What do you want to do? We could save it. I I think we should save it. I want to address one point I saw. Okay. The debate over Nick Foles v. Jake Plummer. Yeah. Collegiately, I don't think it's close. And I don't know oh, how don't you think could so think either. it's close. I mean, which one won a conference title? Remind me. Played in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Jake Plummer from what I recall, unless memory fails me. So, no, it's not. Now, you could argue, and you'd be correct, Jake Plummer was, uh, you know, an above-average quarterback for his first three years. But that's the thing. You get four years. His last year was incredible. They beat Nebraska. They went undefeated. They went to the Rose Bowl. He had what should have been a Rose Bowl and national championship winning run if the defense could have made a stop. Uh, yeah, it's Jake Plummer. Okay, that, that's it. We'll get into the rest of it later. It's a long summer. Okay, okay. Um, that covers everything I have. Does that cover yeah. everything you have? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts, I guess, before we go? Who wins the two conference final series? Well, okay, so the Ringer posted an interesting question on Twitter. Would you rather be even with the Warriors or down – 2-0 to the Celtics. <laughs> and, it's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. And in this particular playoffs, given where we are, I think I'd rather be in the Cavs position. But I I don't I think that they both I think both could go. I, I think that I, I still think the Celtics will win. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking so too. I mean I, I know it, it feels like I mean I think the reason that question is good is I was gonna say You'd probably bet on the Cavs ahead of the Rockets, even though they're down 0-2 compared to 1-1. Um, but they haven't lost at home yet, so there's a, that's another element. Plus, they have LeBron, as we just got through going through his resume. Uh, you know, it's pretty impressive. So when you got LeBron, you feel like you always got a shot. But, yeah, I, I would agree. I think the Celtics are going to win that series. The Cavs just don't seem to have enough. Yeah, I think that's true. And I'm hoping the Rockets found something last night. You know, they... They absolutely have to win one of the next two in Golden State. They cannot. I don't think they can come back from three one down. I know it's been done against Golden State, uh, but I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, so they they've got to go to Oakland and win one. Yeah, I think they absolutely need to get at least one. Yeah, yeah, and if they do, then it's a best of three, and they got two or three at home, so that gives you a shot. Yeah. So okay. 
I think that it's going to wind up being Celtics Warriors, but I'm rooting for Celtics Rockets. I'm rooting for the Rockets, no doubt about that. Yeah, and I'm rooting for the Cavs still, but um, there's a part of me as somebody who really likes LeBron and gets tired of the whole like, oh, he's lost the finals this many times. That's almost just hoping they get beat this round because they're getting beat in the finals. I mean, if they have to play Golden State, it might not be close. It might be in a humiliating sweep. Yeah. The, look, the, the team, they're playing a guy who didn't want to come into the game, and they don't have enough depth and talent <laughs> right, to, right, right. to not play yeah, him again. It's, it's not a very good team around him. I mean, Kevin Love's been okay, um, but just can't seem to ever look like the player he used to be. And I don't know why that is, if it's because of the fit or his injuries or whatever. Um, he doesn't resemble the player that he used to be in Minnesota. And beyond that, they just – they, they have a bunch of role players, and that's just that's not good enough in today's NBA. I mean, it, it might have been a few years back with against Golden State with those four All Stars. That's no, it's not going to be a fair fight. Yeah, no. Um, all right, I think that's it. We have some right. offline things to discuss. You all, yes. our dear listeners, not privy to that. So That's we're right. going to say goodbye Sorry. to you. Uh, if you subscribe to the premium podcast, which I think is just a phone tap on Matt and mine's phone, <laughs> uh, we yeah. will talk to you about this. But <laughs> until then, uh, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.